Before we begin, I'd just like to remind you that this episode is also available as a video. So if you'd like to check out myself and Andy in all our uh, glory, then head over to youtube.com forward slash at Pottywood. I just want to say another great big huge thank you to Jonas Barnes and Joanne Parker for joining us here on Pottywood to be a what? Good dick, it's Joe Parker. You said Joanne right after you just asked. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to a very special episode of Poddywood, the podcast and slash video format show where we talk about movies occasionally with people who make movies. Now, I am one of your co-hosts, Steve Hester, and joining me as always is... Andrew Roger Carson here, co-host of Poddywood. A little bit unshaven, a bit rough around the edges, but that's just how you like me, apparently. Yeah, well, I've got a new haircut. Flat the Same sides. as the old haircut. Flat as the neck. That haircut was exactly the same as the last episode you did, which was probably about four weeks ago. Which so is... you just had the haircut the same. Yeah, which no one else will notice. But, you know, in, in between, then my hair has just gone... Pfft. But as you can see as well, I've also got the Christmas lights actually going. Is that because um, it's the 4th of July at the moment? Uh, no, it's because people kept on commenting as to why I had uh, lights up, but they weren't on. So I thought I'd actually leave them on today. So well, there you go. They work. It's kind of a celebratory just for the end of season five. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we've got five seasons out of 85 episodes, but somehow we've managed to do it. Just don't delve into the maths. That's all I'm going to say. Just don't. No. But anyway, um, we wanted to do something incredibly special this week. Um, obviously, we've had uh, our last episode with Levi Tran. Fantastic episode. It's getting great feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting great views. Uh, we'll know, hopefully, by our next episode, if she has dethroned Uwe Boll, das Wunderkind himself, yeah. from the top guest spot of most views. She's halfway there at this moment, so it'll be interesting. And uh, at the moment, yes, she is halfway there, and it's only been just over a day since that episode's been out. So Crazy. Uh, Crazy. So thank you, everybody who has watched that episode. So as we're about to take a a short break, as we usually do, uh, we have been mentioning that we are coming back with a bit of a change in the format. Now, obviously, it's because we want to be uh, consistent in getting episodes out every week. Paul Steve has been really buried (laughs) over the last couple of months in the amount of episodes and the guests that we've got. And we've got amazing guests coming up and we don't want to lose that momentum. So we decided, okay, uh, we're going to go with a gut feeling here and we are going to introduce two new Mm co-guests that are going to take over on the uh, interview side with myself. While Steve will still be around for What's in the Box because he has practically a galaxy of movies that we have to torture him with. And as you will know from a couple of weeks ago, he still has no country for old men to watch which is next on his what's in the box yes and yes, the it amount is. of people who have said how you've gotten through life without seeing that movie is uh it's quite daunting yeah well i didn't see rocky until this year i didn't see goonies until last year you know come on it, it's easily done it, apparently so apparently, um yeah but anyway, we, we wanted to kickstart this uh, end of season five by ushering in season six. And there's no better way to do that than introducing you to the new hosts that we've got. One of them, of course, it had to be. It had to be a person that we love having on, and we get great feedback when we do have him on. So joining us all the way from Bushwick, it's Jonas Barnes. Jonas, how's it going, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? Super happy to be here per usual. And uh, yeah, we're here over on 4th of July right now in Brooklyn. We've been uh, celebrating 4th of July for the last week. So um, yeah, it's just, I don't know what happens in, in Brooklyn every year. 4th of July comes along, New Year's comes along, and all of a sudden the bodegas are like, oh, we also sell fireworks. Like, it's just, 
Our whole neighborhood <laughs> yeah. is just exploding right now. So it's like yeah. bonfire <laughs> night over here. As soon as that happens, it, oh, bonfire night! It's a month away. You get people letting off all kinds of fireworks usually at three o'clock in the morning, waking everybody up. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> we have, we've had it literally going on for the last week. So it usually starts around six o'clock at night, goes till about three in the morning because you know, fuck work. <laughs> you know, like you just <laughs> don't have to do that in the morning. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's that's where we're at right now. Exactly, and it's always a pleasure having you back on Pottywood. Normally, it's coming on and assassinating whatever movies that we pull you out to watch or stuff that you have been to the theaters to see. So you might actually be the one person on the show now who actually sees stuff from this year. Oh, listen, guys, it's going to be a lot of the same. We're going to talk about Indiana Jones at some point. So like, it's fine. <laughs> oh, yes. yay! I love last crusade. Yay. Yes. Probably going to have 15 minutes, but yes, Jonas, uh, an official welcome to party word as a full-time member of the team uh it's going to be fantastic to have you and i'm excited for it i'm excited for it i get to uh i get to learn how to lie again that'll be fun (laughs) no i'm kidding i actually honestly i'm like like i'm looking forward to it for a lot of different reasons because there are movies that i shit on for sure but like most of the time that's for comedic effect if it's a bad movie like you know obviously i'll like ramp it up a little bit like that but also at the same time like, if you looked at my Blu-ray collection, you would understand that I like bad movies. Like, sometimes I'm into a bad movie. So, you know, depending on who we end up talking to at what times, like, that grilling might be a little bit different. Andrew Googles, who directed Exorcist 2? <laughs> and are they available? That was uh, <laughs> uh, William, William Peter Blatty. <laughs> no, I think it was John Borman. I believe it you're was right. John Borman. No, you're right. It was, yes. It, Yes, it was still John around, Borman's John Borman's production of Exorcist Two: The Heretic. How is that not an Alan Smithy movie? How is it not? Like, there's <laughs> not why would you keep your name on that movie ever? I would, I, I would change my identity. There's no way. <laughs> Just change it to Bazoozle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, um, we've got some new blood on the show as well, and uh, I really wanted to introduce this person, pick them up. We've worked. Me and Steve have worked with this uh, amazing filmmaker for uh, the last couple of years. She's been involved on a bunch of projects, uh, obviously on our Scene Search show that we are hopefully looking to get underway this year as well. Exclusive. There we go. But also, she is uh, experienced in VFX, which is where one of her passion lies as well. And she is punk life until death, for sure. So I'm going to introduce... Some fresh blood, Joanne Parker. Joe, how are you doing? Hey guys, it's good to be here. I'm doing very, really well. Um, funny you should say I'm living the punk life when I really need to get this all cut and shaved back off again. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's one of my targets for this week. But no, it's, it's lovely to be here on the show. Yes, thank you for joining our little motley crew. And, and you've, you've, uh, you've obviously, you've come from uh, an editing and filmmaking background yourself. So you know all the, the ins and outs from a personal standpoint uh and you run your own production company don't you i do i do uh blue caribou productions a lot of blood sweat tears and a lot of swearing goes on there all day long a lot of projects going on but it'll be it'll be interesting because um jonas is coming in with the cynical side i'm going to come in with like almost like the golden retriever oh this is a great film and we're just going to kind of like probably have some fights in the middle it'd be great i love a bad film my whole collection's full of them so we're going to get on great what's the golden gem of your Bad movie collection. The name escapes me, but do you know that Batman one where it's George Clooney and Robin and they've got their bat? Oh, um, Batman and Robin. I think it's Batman, Batman and Robin. And Robin. Unfortunately, it came out at the proper point when I was growing up and it's just stuck with me now. Like, if you put it on, guaranteed, I'll be laughing all the way through it. That's your generation's Batman. It yeah. is. It really oh, is. That's scary. And oh. he's just returned. I <laughs> know. Oh, <laughs> I just thought about that, like, oh, you have to, (laughs) that you had to have that one be the Batman for your upbringing. Like, you got, you got the Arnold Schwarzenegger puns for your upbringing. That's not, (laughs) that's not, not, no, I'm sorry. You will not see me to the cooler. (laughs) (laughs) The worst part was, we thought they were good. Like, you see our parents next to us, like, head in their hands, shaking their heads. But, like, me and my sister, we were just, like, clapping along, going, yeah, this is, this is fucking great. Look at this guy go. (laughs) 
check out the bat nipples look at it like it's great like everybody like you Clooney had the anatomical correct suit too it was just like why do you have a cod piece George like what's going on (laughs) no it gets even worrying more worrying than that is the fact that Alicia Silverstone has a perfectly tailored bat costume that perfectly forms her figure and is supposed to have been created by Alfred. Alfred has at some point while she's been asleep measured mm-hmm. her body perfectly <laughs> yeah. created that outfit for her. I don't think that know. outfit's going to be, it's not going to be squat proof, is it? She's going to do like one squat, mm-hmm. it's going to rip on the bum, yeah, that's no. it, gone. Yeah. yeah. Out of all the questions that film ponders, that could have an entire episode. You know what? No, we've got to drag Bill Daly in to rediscover this movie because oh he was there. Come on, he was an executive around that time. He's going to have every single story behind that movie. So, so we need excited. to pull him in for it. Is there like an alternate <laughs> script where where Bruce Wayne just pulls Alfred aside and he's like, Alfred, what the fuck, man? Like, how did you, how did you get all those measurements? Like, did she give those yeah. to Alfred? Did she <laughs> give those to you? Like... <laughs> Consent's important, Alfred. Please tell me. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Yes, we don't buy that peg story for one minute. I like that we started the episode and we already found out that Batman and Robin was a problematic movie for other reasons, aside from the fact that it was made. Like, we found out also (laughs) that it was a problematic movie in 2023. We're like, oh, it did not age well for all sorts of different reasons. Mm-hmm. It seems like Steve is currently existing in his own dual Schumacher universe with those lights behind him. Oh, I know. It's true. I know. <laughs> it, it, I feel like some kind of streamer. I feel like I should be go. The camera should be constantly going in, going, "Hey, everybody, it's your boy." Now we're going to be doing some Fortnite. Ah! <laughs> so my kids do is watch that stuff and everybody shouts the slightest thing oh i've just put a block on top of another oh my god i put a block on top of another oh! <laughs> this is a sad thing of having kids that i actually see that shit on a daily basis as well. <sighs> there's a comedian there's a there's a comedian named Moses Storm who was in a movie that actually was shockingly good um, that does a joke about that whole YouTube generation where it's just like a YouTube influencer is the worst thing that you ever want to become where he was like, it's just dudes committing crimes, but then saying that it's a joke. You know, he's like, what's up, dude? Yeah. My name's Bryce, and we're about to steal this old lady's insulin. Like, it's just, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's all good. As long as you like, comment, and subscribe, check in for the next episode, guys. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's all it is. It's all for the, all for the lulls. <laughs> Hey everybody, TT here, and I'm going to put on this white hood and stand outside this Baptist church. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no it's just a prank bro it's just a prank <laughs> then why are you bleeding tt huh <laughs> like <laughs> somebody didn't think it was funny did they <laughs> no no now you got summer teeth summer over here summer over there <laughs> oh my god at some Movies, point, we will yeah. talk about films. Yeah, we will. We will. We'll get to that's, it. that's kind of this a is good just scene. letting people know what's going to happen in later episodes, guys. This is, yeah. Yeah. we're introducing yeah. everybody to what the fuck you guys have done. Okay, like this is what <laughs> yeah. you've done. At least one of us here has seen the new Indiana Jones movie. Now, for long time watchers of the show, they'll remember way back when when me and Steve kind of. <laughs> discussed when they were shooting uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, mm-hmm. practically about a mile away from us. Well, it, well, it were up in Derbyshire, which is uh, which is where I am at the moment. So it were up in Thills, so not that far away at all. No. Did uh, Harrison Ford land anywhere near you? No. By emergency. No. no, there was no planes. I did get to see his chopper once, though. <laughs> 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 so I've heard. <laughs> We've lost Steve, guys. He's gone. We've That's lost it. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> ten minutes in. Yeah, ten, ten minutes, minutes in. Steve's in already, already gone. Lost Steve's out. <laughs> oh. He definitely records. That's it now. <laughs> 
Oh, Steve. He's he was great <laughs> while he was here. <laughs> we knew him well. Oh, it's okay. We did. we did. We did. We did. No, if you guys haven't seen the Indiana Jones movie, the most recent one, all I can tell you is that uh, don't. You don't need to do that to yourself. You have memories <laughs> of Indiana Jones, and you should keep them. Like, you should keep them in your heart and uh, just treat this like it was some weird fever dream. Because, like, the last one was bad. The one prior to this, the one with Shia LaBeouf, that one was bad. And eh, honestly, that one was arguably worse. This one is just completely unnecessary and also bad. So, like, they could have made it fun, like, for, to you know, him going out on this but they didn't they just made a shitty oh. movie <laughs> they were just like they're just like all right all right fuck off indiana jones like just, it was like <laughs> it was one of those things where like where you think that he's retiring but he's actually going into hospice like it's just like oh that's not what we thought i'm sorry like <laughs> i used to punch nazis of course you did now come on dear come on yeah eat your pudding <laughs> like <laughs> i had someone uh the best criticism i heard of it throughout the week um someone said uh was it phoebe waller bridge saying they kept expecting all the way through the movie her to break the fourth wall and talk about how much she wants to fuck indiana jones <laughs> <laughs> kind of accurate actually yeah. yeah it would have freshened up the movie for fuck's sake that would have been great instead it's like you have to like the suspension of dis- disbelief is okay in a horror movie but the fact that you have to watch indiana jones and be like that dude is old i'm sorry like that's fucking mm. everything you're doing is cgi what are you doing like yeah. that's the problem is that like the suspension of disbelief is just it's it's a taxing amount of it that you have to have to watch the movie and enjoy it because no amount of money takes away from the fact that it's like he's on a fucking wire like he's on a green screen yeah. he's on a this like it just it was bad in the last one and it's worse than this one because he's fucking older i was talking with andy recently um i can't remember what clip it was that i sent you but i did send you a clip uh of a stunt as no it was it was a stunt from uh man with a golden gun and it's that car mm. corkscrew yes stunt yeah. as it goes across the bridge and showing how they did that in real time and now nowadays it just wouldn't happen it'd all be done by cg it wouldn't be done live uh because one it'd be safer two it'd be cheaper and we're losing something because we're not having all these realistic stunts and stunt work but you can't have those when your leading man is 80 years old. So yeah. the big question is, yeah. what would you rather happen with Indiana Jones? Would you rather that the series just stopped altogether? Now, that's it. End of story done. Or would you be happy to see it continue, but get the character recast with a younger actor, say someone I'd in their 20s? S- I'd rather see it ended. Mm. I, 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 to be honest, I, I put up with... Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. It's not one of the best films, but it's kind of enjoyable because there's, Harrison Ford could still go at that point. All right. Yeah. yeah. We, we yeah. leave the monkeys out of it. It probably would have been yeah. great. But um, you know, I love the originals. Um, I think Temple of Doom was the first one I saw. So, mm. and I saw Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark after that. Messed around Timeline. timelines, Te- isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Temple of Doom's a prequel to Raiders, but yeah. Okay, so I saw them practically in order then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the Indiana Jones movies, they, if they would have taken the last one and they would have started the transition of him going into the Sean Connery role, then it would have been fine uh-huh. to keep the franchise going. But the fact that they did the last one, and it was like like you said, there was parts of it that were enjoyable, it was watchable, blah, blah, blah. This new one drags that out and makes it less watchable, where it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, now now he needs to get the old yeller treatment at this point like this fucking just ended like (laughs) um but like the last one i'll tell you this man i i would have taken kingdom of the crystal skull would have been a much better movie if it was coked out shia labeouf that would have been a much better movie (laughs) absolutely no one would know where that was going at any point no, yeah. he was just in the middle just of it. Point, he he just, throw, just do it out he to him. He will not divide us. He will not yeah. divide us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As they're watching the screening, they're like, "Why are you clapping so much, Shia?" He's like, "This is one of my movies." Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> at this point, just fucking end it. Like, it needs to stop. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's a fantastic story that he tells and you don't need to recast someone else to do that. There are so many other stories that, that 
we could be making and doing instead of just bringing Indiana Jones and being like, okay, get out of the hospice. Okay, back in the chair. Off we go. We're going to do another <laughs> film. Just not, it'll all be over soon. Like, I, there are so many other roles that Harrison Ford is amazingly talented at and he can do. And he doesn't need to be practical running around on Indiana anymore. I think, do you know what I mean? I've not seen the film yet, so I can't kind of give a verdict. But from what it sounds like, there's different films for him. Watching yeah. uh, the Temple of Doom for the first time in years literally about three nights ago and there's two things which stuck out for me first is i've forgotten just how dark it was i knew that it was dark but oh, holy yeah. shit that m- middle act just goes dark and the third thing is that even a uh, third thing second thing sorry we'll, we'll make up a, <laughs> another one and put it in there the second thing is that even back then he ran like an old man with a full diaper <laughs> <laughs> In yep. everything, he just he just runs like he soiled himself and he's desperately trying to get get to a bathroom. And I can honestly imagine him now being eighty, what eighty two, eighty three years old. That's only going to be worse. He's around, he's getting up to eighty two. If yeah. Uh, yeah. I recall from our uh, one of our previous episodes when we were talking about Hulk, yes, and comparing Sam Elliott's age to Harrison Ford's age, and Sam mm. Elliott is younger. Yeah. <laughs> And wow, Sam okay. Elliott looks like he's been 78 for 20 years. It's the mustache. It is. It is. Yeah. It, it, absolutely. There's no way it's not the mustache. He's been living on pure testosterone for the last 40 years, though. So, like, it just, I don't even think he eats anymore. He just <laughs> sniffs the mustache and he's like, just back. <laughs> like, you know, like, dinner's yeah. all in the nice mustache. Deep he's fine. Yes. Yeah. He puts, yeah. He puts stash in mustache. <laughs> it's like Samson. <laughs> You know, if you were to trim off Sam Elliott's mustache, he'd lose all his power. He would age immediately 50 years. They would be like, holy shit, you're 135? Wow. Yeah. That's why you don't recognize him in We Were Soldiers, because it's like, who is that? It looks like Sam Elliott without the mustache. Oh, shit, it is Sam Elliott. Oh, Christ, he was in that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, you don't even remember he was in no, that because he not didn't at all. It's like, Fuck. Jesus Christ, Sam Elliott even had that mustache in Frogs. <laughs> and that was in the 1970s. It's a family heirloom at this point. <laughs> Someone's going to inherit the goatee and mustache. mustache yeah. down to my son. Just as I inherited this from my pappy. <laughs> it's like the mantle of Ghost Rider. He just like takes his mustache off and gives it to someone. He gives it to Johnny um, Blaze. He's like, you don't need to go. To, yeah, you don't need to go to hell. Here, just take the mustache. Just go. Now you can go kill all of them. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, well, I know that me and at least Jonas will have seen The Flash, and I'm not sure if Joanne or Steve has gotten around to it, but I I think we can kind of cover this, and I think it's only right to cover this, obviously. uh, Pottywood quiz reigning champion Richard Mirish. This is the movie that... Hi, Richard. We have been discussing this now (laughs) since our series began, and uh, now it's finally released. And I'm going to go on a limb and say I loved it. I really did. It, it delivered for me. Is it perfect? No. There's some things in there. Uh, a lot of people have kind of bemoaned about the ending and, you know, how this build up to this major battle and then suddenly kind of what happens. It was a bit like a, a bit of a flatness to it. But no, I kind of like it. And I think I got into a bit of an argument this morning <laughs> online with some uneducated douchebag who was like, oh, they killed off the black character. <laughs> and I was like, well, one, no, actually, they didn't kill off Cyborg. They just didn't give him any powers, and he's just a regular person. So, but And this guy was like, oh, you know, support Marvel, forget DC. And I was like, well, if you really want to make it a race issue, Marvel has actually killed off more black characters in the last year than DC has, especially if you watch Black Panther 2. Which I haven't. You know, which you haven't, because it's not pulled out of the box yet. But yes, um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a super defensive one, but I see a lot of the kind of hate for The Flash based on external factors. So if it's not Ezra Miller, it's the support, the Zack Snyderverse people, which is stupid because The Flash actually plays into the Snyderverse as well as every other DC movie that has come before it. it. 
everyone's saying, oh, it's, you know, James Gunn movie. It's not <clears throat> James Gunn's movie. James Gunn came in after this movie Long was already after. in. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, so, Richard Mirish said he'd been working on this for about, what, two, three oh, years? four years. Four years. Yeah. So, this was supposed to come out the year uh, 2020. This was supposed to come out. Yeah. So that was that was just after Guardians, you know, Guardians Two was beginning in twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, end of twenty eighteen. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, twenty eighteen. Like yeah. it's either at the end of twenty eighteen, the beginning of twenty nineteen, something like that. <clears throat> so James Gunn will have nothing to do with this apart from maybe coming at the end and just going, "Hi guys, I'm taking over." I think Flash is a concept like the superhero of the film that's been trying to be that's that's been attempted to have been developed, I think, for the last 15 years. That's just been, like, passed from director to director, writer to writer. So even if he did step in, as Steve said, it's just going to be a waving thing because it's just passed that many hands that it's finally kind of gone to Richard Mirish and everyone else to to kind of get it over the finish line. And they did. So you you liked the movie, Andrew. Like, you you were a fan of it, and I saw that. Like, you know, I saw yeah. when you were posting about it and stuff. Because here's the thing about it. Like, even though I have somewhat of a cynical take on a lot of different things with movies, I, I was looking forward to The Flash for a long time. And I recognized that the movie itself is actually a good movie. Like, they for what they were doing for that storyline and also, like, the time jumping and the different cameos and the different, like, timelines and all these different things they did a good job of making a cohesive story out of it and making a complete film out of it, especially with everything that happened. So on there's like the majority part of my brain and the majority part of my, my movie viewer and movie critic side will say that it's a good movie, especially for the end of essentially the end of the current DC universe. As we know it before James Gunn comes into play, it's a good wrap up. Yes. Now on the other hand of it, when the things came out with Ezra Miller, there should have been a decision that was made at that point. And that decision yeah. should have been made to the point where it was like, do we recast this with CGI? Is that a thing we can do? Do we axe the movie? What do we do? They were in kind of a fucked up position because at that point, the movie was all but complete. Like it was pretty yeah. much a finished movie at that point. So it wasn't a, po- it wasn't a case where they could come back yeah. and refilm the movie. Now, on the other hand of it, Ezra Miller's a monster. Like, there's no way to get around it. He's not, like, they're not a, like, just a a random shitty thing that they did. Like, they're bad. Like, and it's to the point now where you have something that happened with Jonathan Majors and his career at the moment is currently fucking Mm -hmm. done. Like, it's currently dead flatline so you have something that happened with jonathan majors that was something that was an accusation something that was on also multiple accusations in the background of it that people didn't realize and he is for lack of a better term completely fucked he's done right now until other things happen now the argument now that's happening is when that happened with Jonathan Majors, it was a quick decision to be like, you're fucking out of the MCU completely on top of also being dropped from literally everything, including his PR agents and everything. Yet when this stuff came out with Ezra Miller, that was not even just accusations. It was all proven stuff like that. He like that, like it was showing that they were doing these things. Yeah. People were still like, ah, yeah, but we got to push forward in the movie. And that's where there's that weird gray area in the middle. It's like, do we need to complete, like, do we actually need to put this movie out? Like, or do we need to wait longer? The final point I was going to kind of say, which kind of echoes Jonas, like I'm I'm in that kind of same mindset as well. And I agree with it. But um, it's kind of like, they kind of knew that Ezra had completely fucked up because when it came to the press release, when it came to everything like that, they they bundled them away and basically took all the other stars out and and had them do all of the junkets, all the interviews and showed Ezra as little as they could because they knew the second that Ezra would come up against scrutiny, it wouldn't wouldn't look good at all. No. Uh, It's like with um, Johnny Depp and... um... And was well, and Amber Heard. Uh, mm. The moment, the moment that there was a single allegation against Johnny Depp, he was dropped by Disney. He was dropped by Warner Brothers from uh, the Fantastic B series. Um, he was persona non grata, all throughout Hollywood, and that was just over a single accusation. Uh, 
a single accusation from his partner with no other accusations from any of his previous partners to back that up. So right. then you you then have Amber Heard who's still being allowed to appear in Aquaman 2, albeit in yeah. a smaller role. I thought she got being... removed completely. I thought as they I thought they completely I don't know as, as far as I know it is still in there but she's kind of like in one scene and that's it. Uh, wow. But then you've got Ezra Miller, who, oh boy, oh boy, there is a lot, lot to unpack with that one. And he's still allowed to have the film. Now, in terms of what they should have done with the character, it's difficult, especially if the film had already been shot and started to be edited together. The only way that I could think of they might have been able to do it would probably be to introduce the other Flash. Because you've got Barry Allen and then there's, who, who's the, the other character? Wally West or something like that, who's also the Flash. Yeah. Yep. There was a third option. What's the third unfortunately, option? But unfortunately, Christopher Plummer died. <laughs> 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 yeah. But with the power of yeah. Hugh Yeah. Christopher oh, Plummer could have made a career yeah. of stepping into every actor who fucks up's role and so, just replacing them. We're not going to spoil anything about the Flash, right? That. We're not no. going to spoil anything about the movie. Okay. No, it's so still in without cinemas. Yeah. Without spoiling anything about the movie then, I will say this to Andrew since you've seen it. Uh, with the power of CGI, they brought something in that they sure the fuck shouldn't have done. <laughs> there was, I, there was, there was at least one character. Yeah. Yeah, there was yeah. one character that was in it that came back in one of the timelines, and holy fucking shit, was that a bad idea? Like, they should not was... have done that. As soon as I Ooh. saw it, I was just sat there. I think it was on my Twitter feed it came up, and I remember looking at it being like, surely this is a joke. Like, surely someone's just going to, like, put that cut in. And it was like, no, it was official. And I was just sat there like, okay, no, but there's no way. The thing, that you, the thing that you saw on Twitter was lower quality for sure, because it was yeah. probably somebody from a cam. But I'll tell you, even in the high quality in the movie theater, that was a bad fucking choice. Are we, are we this talking person, Henry Cavill's lip bad choice. <laughs> we're talking, yeah. It's like it's one of those things where, like, I get why this person in this character showed up. I understand why they wanted to do that. The execution was fucking off. Like that was the problem. It's like it was ugly enough to where it was disrespectful. Like if it was just to yeah. show up and it looked good, it would be fine. But it was ugly enough to where it was just like, oh, why did you do that? Like that's that was not good. Like it just shouldn't it's happen. Almost, it's like it's an attraction, isn't it? So it's like let's wheel out these people. Okay, put them back in. Let's get the next people out. It's almost like a wow factor of getting everyone in the audience to be like, whoa. Yeah. You remember this? Oh, it's nostalgia. Do you remember nostalgia? Dude, yeah. We've got no original ideas. Let's just keep pulling out the... Michael Keaton. Oh, he's Batman. Do you remember Michael Keaton as Batman? Okay, but that that one actually worked. I was so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Andrew knows exactly which one I'm talking about. I'm stuck. It could be one of two. Um, oh, oh, right. Is yeah. it the very last surprise cameo that shows up? No, it's the other one. All the universes colliding. It's one. it's the universes colliding one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. I am a bit torn on that one because I personally think without that, it would have called for it. And I know it's a controversial decision, but for me, and especially seeing as though. Two weeks ago, we were kind of talking about the third installment, mm-hmm. um, which is still traumatic to all 80s children everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and and not just from that scary point standpoint. Um, for me, it kind of did hit me in the feels a bit. And yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to pull that off in the way that they did. Right. Uh, so I I wasn't particularly offended by it as much as other people were. I I felt it as kind of a loving touch to the movies that I grew up with. Okay, this character showing up, I understand. That I understand. And that I appreciate. And also with the timeline collisions and stuff like that, this character showing up in the way that they did made sense. 
but it was the quality of the of the cameo that was and i wouldn't even call the word offensive i would say that it was literally just ugly it felt like they put an unfinished product out as a cameo just because they had to have like just because they had to put it out there it would be like you losing a pet and then somebody showing up and giving you a taxidermied version of that pet and be like but it's the same it's like no it's fucking terrifying like what are you doing like it's it was just it was it felt like I said, not that it was offensive because that's not even the word I would use. It felt that as a fan of that character and of that franchise, um, it felt like the decision should have been made at that point. Either we need to let this cook a little bit longer so we can figure out how to make this look better, or we need to do some camera tricks to just hint towards the fact that that's the person you think it is and not they, actually they show They did it. it well with Egon in Ghostbusters Afterlife. They did, they well, did not, fine it in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Because you had, uh, you were able to, one, got, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy that actually played him physically, but he was the warden in Shawshank Redemption oh. Glasses. Oh, Bob Gunson. Bob Gunson. Yeah. Um, so they had him be the actual body double. Then they did like all kinds of deep fake trickery on his face. And then to add another layer to it, they also had a sheen of special effects over his face, which yeah. then was able to kind of mask, mask the seams so to speak. So it looked pretty good, but if you are actually dealing with something which should be properly photorealistic human, then right. you need to go above and beyond, particularly if it is someone that is in so many people's hearts. You need to do it yeah. right. Do any of you know when the first instance of something like that actually happened? Because I know. I don't. Well, like no. So when they brought somebody... Uh, a well-respected actor who had died years before and brought him back CGI for a movie. See, I was thinking Star Wars, but you said him, so immediately no. I'm like... Hmm. No, I don't know. I, I know that there was a big thing about when they brought a load of uh, Golden Age Hollywood actors back for like a Pepsi commercial or something like that. No, yes. it wasn't that. On the big screen, uh, the they brought back Laurence Olivier... For Sky oh, Captain in the Sky World of Captain, Tomorrow. Yes. Oh fuck. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And you can't. And there was tell. a bit of no. There was a bit of uproar about it then, which was kind of the murmuring of this this kind of whole movement now. And I think I, I think it seeks also into the kind of argument now that they're saying, oh, with AI, we can bring our movie stars, you know, back from the dead to act with current day movie stars and have the ultimate dream team stuff. So, yeah. I, I can kind of see the argument with it. Mm. Um, I, I but think, do we want for that? me on on the flash? It was tastefully, done, personally. Yeah, that, yeah that's but, actually a very good point. Yeah, but it does kind of beg a bigger conversation around effects, like we kind of touched on earlier in terms of like practical effects and visual effects. And when you start to erase practical effects and you rush people when it comes to CGI and visuals, you kind of get what we've seen in not just Flash. I'm not just kind of shitting on Flash because I haven't seen it and it's great. But in terms of Marvel, there's this massive thing now at the moment where they're just pushing VFX artists to try and produce something in under a month or in under a few weeks. Yes. And yeah. you're seeing absolute dog shit quality that's coming out. Like I, I saw some of them for the flash, but I can't even be mad at that because I saw some for Thor, you know, Love and Thunder and I wanted to scream at how bad the visual effects <laughs> were. So as the schedules increase, they're gonna start using the same tech that the asylum uses, I oh, guarantee yeah. you. Yeah. I mean you, you you've usually got like um like three, four hundred effects teams working on different yeah. elements of these big budget movies. And uh, and like you say, they're they're trying to pump out so many. Because I mean, if you look at the the increase in uh, production of the MCU, you started out with just like about six films, I think it was for Phase One, and then that went to mm-hmm. like eight for Phase yeah. Two or something, and then for Phase Three, it was about ten. Yeah, and then that expanded and... again. So ever since Endgame, you've had like seven different TV shows, six different films, and they all have to be of this high quality. And it's you can't sustain it. They've never seen a location in their life. Like they, they were filming over a bridge. I think I saw some behind the scenes, and I think it was Brooklyn Bridge or something. But they just completely 
you know, just greenwalled it. And I'm sat there like, you've got, you know, the most expensive bridge. You've shut down all of traffic. You've shut down everything. Yeah. And you're covering it up. What is the point? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I want to present a question to you guys both because uh, Joanne is a visual effects person, and also I think it'll be an interesting question for all of us. What is the what is the worst CGI moment that stands out to you in a major film, in like a major like a major studio, major budget film? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to consider that CGI because that looks like somebody opened up iMovie for the very first time and they were like, "I made a thing." Like it just it's, it's real his bad. mouth. He's just like. <laughs> You mean that it's not the fact that it looks like Fisher Price animation? Like, no. fucking, that's super bad. <laughs> is that un- Uncanny Valley? Yeah, it yeah. is only beaten by the Scorpion King 2 and the giant invisible scorpion they have at the end because they had no money <laughs> to make a CGI thing, so they played it off as invisible. And what's so funny oh, is God. one of my best friends, Russell Mulcahy, directed that movie. Oh, so, <laughs> Listen, we all have to take a paycheck sometimes. I understand that part. <laughs> I, I, will, I, I know the reason why that my choice, which isn't Scorpion King 2, <laughs> um, they used a, a kind of brand new effects company in Hollywood yeah. that had never really done it before. And I watched this film again just a couple of months ago, and it's like, it's so bad, but in a way that I feel it should be bad. And it's John Carpenter's Escape from L.A. Oh. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's a solid choice. (laughs) That is a solid choice. Especially. I want to throw mine out there because I want to tell you guys what I like just to give you an idea of what I'm thinking of. Like, I'll tell you what mine was. Mine was (laughs) Blade 2. And it was Blade 2 in oh. the fight scene when they're in the With whole the headquarters. Yes, when the lights, yeah. when they turn yeah. on all the lights oh, yeah. and he's, f- and and he's fighting. Them. Yeah, and he's fighting Nyla or Nila or whatever her name is. And them as people, they're like, their yeah. bodies aren't even shaped right. Like, they look like two mm. Stretch Armstrongs fighting each other. Like, it's just. <laughs> well, one was Cat from Red Dwarf, so. Dude, it's like, and also yeah. it's it's so sad because that movie, from a visual effects standpoint, that's a pure horror film. Like the actual oh, yeah. hybrid vampires and everything. Like all of the all of the other visual effects in that movie are so good, but then you see that fight scene and you're just like, this is a fucking cartoon. Like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> that was the first time I was just like, oh, I hope they make this better. Like, I hope this isn't what we have to look at. We've got to go Matt. to the expert then. Well, Come on, Joe. Mine's Buck Wild. Okay. So, because you got to remember, I was growing up at the time with this. But the one that completely threw me out was, uh, is it Spy Kids 3, where they started to do the CD <laughs> element? Where they're like, <laughs> the oh. and they've got all of this lava hitting the screen. And honestly, as a kid, I was like, what the fuck's going on here now? Like, this oh, is just, oh, man. It just looks so forced. I don't know how it can get worse from Spy Kids 3 to Shark Boy and Lava Girl and be worse. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. That's it. And they got all of these, like, massive names in it. And don't get me wrong, as a kid, I'm like, wow, this is great. But also, I'm like, wow, this is bad. <laughs> What's going on? Like, you look back I'm on it as an adult. I'm just watching it going, dude, you directed El Mariachi. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> that's yeah. it just, it's just wild that like i came from something like i think weeks earlier like i'd watched jurassic park for the first time and i shit myself didn't didn't sleep for a week as a kid like <laughs> it was it was so good and well done yeah. then go on to that film where that. Harris, like he fucking slides on the table and all these brains start bouncing and i'm there like what is going on right now <laughs> i i want to uh i want to throw a shout out to a movie that did probably one of the most bang up jobs of taking a small budget and turning it into a movie that was not only a great movie, but also visual effects wise um, is it's almost impossible to watch this movie and think that the budget was what it was, but the movie is called freaks. Brilliant. 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 Okay. So if oh, no. it's yeah, and it's got um it's got uh what the fuck's his name? Um I always forget his name. Uh Emil Hirsch. It's got Emil Hirsch in it, um, as the main person, and then uh the actress that plays the little girl, Lexi Kolker, she's incredible as the little girl in this. But that movie 
Um, Andrew, you've seen it. Um, yes. What would you like in a ballpark guess? What would you think the budget on that movie would have been? God. Um, you'd be sh- and you'd be shocked. Also, Bruce Dern is in the movie. Like, I'm say two point five. It was less than a million. Wow. Yeah. Now, I would not have gone for less than a million, to be no. honest. Nope. I I saw that movie at a festival um, here in New York. It was a, it was one of the uh, one of the horror fests that they do at the IFC Center, and they did a Q and A with the filmmakers, and they they didn't shy away from the fact that they were like, yes, we did call in some favors from people that we've worked with that gave us a little bit of a break on some mm-hmm. costs and stuff like that, but they were like, we also wanted to make a movie that looked real and used as much you know, like actual real effects that we could. And also to make the computer effects look not crazy, like, you know, crazy low budget. And what they came out with was incredible. So um, if you haven't seen it, uh, Joanne, especially um, absolutely watch it. It's so good on top of the fact that when you see it and you, and you realize it's less than a million dollars, it's, it's shocking to say the least. I have to. I thought you were so intrigued. I thought yeah. you were going to hold up Freaked. Oh, no, I have that, too. I, have <laughs> I was going to be saying, what, what, what did they pay that money to? What, yeah, what, yeah. He's the dog boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I have that <laughs> yeah. one, too. Um, come check out this shit. It looks like, it looks like Madonna. Like, <laughs> that's, that was well, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't so look anything I mean... like Madonna. Kind of looks like Winona Ryder, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> Styrofoam cup. You've got a bit of specialty in practical effects as well, haven't you? Because I've seen some of the cosplay stuff that you have done. Oh, God, um, yeah, like, amateur level, like, I'll admit. Like, I basically, I grew up... Like, amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, I, basically, I just I got really into it. So, I used to grow up, like, I watched all of the Hellboy films and all these kind of practical effects in so many films and look all the behind the scenes. That I just got really curious and started to kind of, like, there was a costume shop that opened up near me that sold like special effects putty and, and makeup and bruise palettes. And I used to just get really curious and just start practicing. And then obviously like going to Comic-Con and stuff lets you like really practice for it, but not just that, like I started to do it for short films and things at university. And I nearly got kind of a, an internship doing stuff for real SFX. So they kind of work with um, Sherlock, Doctor Who, good omens i think like stuff like that um in the end i I chose not to do that but yeah the the practical effects stuff has never left me like it's just one of my i'm so curious about it because it is a real art to to make things stand up and like yeah well that's going to be really special because in a couple of weeks uh which i think is going to be the the first time that you host a show with myself with a guest Mm -hmm. Uh, Our guest will be the director, William Malone, director of House on Haunted Hill, Fear.com. What was the other movie he did? I was going to say Insanitarium, but it wasn't that. Was it Parasomnia? Go on, Jonas. You know your horrors. (laughs) No, I do know know your horrors. No, I don't know know what else he did because the only ones I knew about were Fear.com and uh, House on Haunted Hill. Fear.com, by the way, is is a wildly underrated film for what it is. Yes. Like... Especially for the beginning of like the internet age of horror, so to speak, um, that movie was like better than decent. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't by no means was it a home run, but it was like it was fucking way better than people give it credit for. Solid effort and a good bit of uh, trivia in regards to William Malone. He actually owned Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet. Oh shit! <laughs> really? Yeah, he auctioned it off um, only a couple of years ago, but he's. Uh, he actually owned it, which is pretty cool. So he is a guy who's heavily into his uh, practical effects and makeup and stuff. So we'll have some great conversations going there. Also coming up, uh, our next guest, I believe it's going to be with me and Jonas. We are going to have uh, Owner Tukel, uh, director. He directed movies like Catfight, starring Sandra Oh and Anne oh, Hesch. Sure. Yeah, and a whole bunch of movies well regarded in the New York film community and also a Brooklyn native as well so Jonas he probably lives about five doors away from you probably yeah <laughs> but then he's again, probably he's, he probably also hates the fireworks right now too so <laughs> he probably does so that, that's a good conversation Custom. starter to have 
So yeah, J- Jonas can tell the most amazing story of the only person who has walked the entirety of Brooklyn to come and see him. <laughs> that would be you, Andrew. You were the one that, that did would that. Be me. <laughs> I remember when you sent me the thing too. You were like, "Oh, I'm over here. I'm just going to walk there." I was like, "You out of your fucking mind." All right. <laughs> and then he gets here and he's just like covered in sweat. And he was like, that was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. It, it was two hours. Yeah, two hours. Was ridiculous. I love the fact I... that you just didn't tell him. You just let him do it. Absolute. <laughs> yeah. right I would have been right. like, yeah, go on, man. And Jonas yeah, yeah. is there like, Let, let's get something to eat. It's like, are you fucking kidding? I just need to drink. I need water now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ubering this shit back. I'm not this young anymore. I used to do that in LA all the time. I would walk everywhere. Yeah, but the last time you tried that, you nearly got time. shot on the subway. I did. I almost get shot. The guy next to me got shot. That's how scary it was. It's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah you mean so you don't book- want to take another another book of Eli Walk uh, to come see one of your friends? <laughs> <laughs> fuck that dude you can come and walk and eat me next time yeah <laughs> <laughs> you owe me one on that yeah, but, um, I could use it okay well uh i guess that's kind of all that can be said on whatever it is we were talking about five minutes ago before we cut all this shit out <laughs> <laughs> you'll never know what it was we were talking about either it's only no, a secret if- that we will know but if you wanted to know, you can subscribe to our Patreon, where for the price of a cup of coffee a month, you can get all the exclusive content and you can hear us say fuck a lot more <laughs> on yeah, certain episodes. We do say it. I That's do. I say it a lot. Yeah. It's one of my favorite words. <laughs> yes. uh, and you can also listen to our fantastic Pottywood After Dark specials in a luxurious jazz bar setting with sensational Susie on the keyboards and... Mike, Dave, Todd, Bernard. Chad, Bernard, John. <laughs> whatever the hell the barman's name is that week because Steve can't remember his name. No. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, if you want to talk to us about anything that we've discussed in this episode, or if you just want to welcome our two new co-hosts to the show, then you know where to come. You can get in touch with us on the following socials. You can get us on facebook.com forward slash Pottywood. You can get us on Twitter at Pottywood. There's a little bit of trouble with the Pottywood subreddit for the moment, but it's on r slash Pottywood. I'll be dealing with that in the future. You can get us on LinkedIn uh, or... Uh, or you know you could uh, you know you could buy a platform and then just run it into the ground, you know, and see if that helps. Get in contact with yeah. us. I don't know. It might. It might do. Yes. It, it Twitter's not us. showing up on Google anymore. Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well yes. done, Elon. Yeah. By the way, I want to mention this really quick. Just, guys, I'm so happy to be, you know, a part of this. But also, specifically, I'm very happy to be on a show now with co-hosts that are from the UK. um, Because they get to say the C word on a podcast now. (laughs) Like, and it's just a hello. Yeah, it's just a hello to you guys, which is great. (laughs) So, (laughs) here in America, you say that, you're like, get the fuck out of the state. Leave. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) I I don't think we can actually get away with doing that one on the main show, but on Pottywood After Dark, who knows? Yeah, yeah, who knows what'll happen. (laughs) Before we do wrap up, uh, we've got to say some things here. Uh, Jonas, uh, what have you got coming up? We know you want to plug your podcasts and your shows and everything else. This yeah, absolutely. Platform, dude. What's, go- what's coming up? Absolutely, man. Thank you. Um, anybody that's specifically into horror, um, I have a show that is all based around that called Another Goddamn Horror Podcast. Um, we talk to filmmakers, we talk to visual effects artists, we talk to actors and actresses and all sorts of people that are involved. We talk to musicians, comic book artists, all sorts of stuff, like pretty much anybody that is interested in horror at all um, that wants to come on and nerd out on horror with us. We're all about bringing them on and supporting their work and putting their stuff out there. So um, we have some crazy guests coming up on that one. Um, We actually have a couple of people from Brooklyn 45 coming up uh, in the next month or so. Um, One of them is a guy who has the coolest fucking name ever. It's Ezra Buzzington. Oh, my God. He's one of the. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And he's an old he's an older guy, too. So I'm like, dude, he had to grow up with that. name. Like, how cool is that, dude? Like, (laughs) so yeah we're uh we're super happy to do that um and that you can find that at linktree it's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash a-g-h-p-666 um and that is for all of our links on that 
and just find me on socials at Jonas Barnes comedy on Instagram and at Jonas Barnes on Twitter. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's a great podcast. Also, you've got your stand up shows as well, Jonas. I don't know if you've mentioned any that you've got coming up. Oh yeah, yeah. So we uh, we do the Tromedy Hour uh, live show every uh, every fourth Thursday of the month at the Tiny Cupboard in Brooklyn. And uh, our next one coming up is July twenty seventh. So it's going to be twenty seventh of this month, seven p.m. And that is basically a show where we talk about all the dark and uh, you know. Uh, crazy traumatic uh stuff that a lot of people are afraid to talk about and we turn it into comedy so oh now joanne's got to follow that <laughs> so, Joanne, <laughs> that is a tough act to follow but obviously uh you have your business blue caribou productions and and tell us more joanne how can people reach out to you yeah for sure for sure so um blue caribou productions is a video agency we work to film Brand content, corporate events, sport, pretty much anything you can think of with there. Um, it's a core team, female founded and led, but we've got a massive portfolio of animators, photographers, motion graphics, designers. We're always actors. looking for people to actors as well, <laughs> just saying, what we see. Um, we're always looking to meet new people and kind of grow out that work- workforce because we get a lot of shoots that kind of come in at the same time because it's odds law. Um, so if you want to kind of check out our work or kind of get in contact with us, have a conversation, then you can reach us on um, bluecariboproductions.com. Um, and also we've got social media handles, Blue Caribou NCR on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, um, Instagram. Don't use Twitter. I mean, that's all going up in flames. But hey-ho. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we also got to mention it's uh, it is an amazing two-girl crew with Joanne. And the lovely, wonderful, fantastic Abby Kerwin, uh, who we're going to have to drag in one day. Oh, for <laughs> we sure. Gonna drag- Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolute star-studded rock. Like, I couldn't get through half of what I do without her by my side. Yes. And she's, and the, she's the TV nerd and you're the movie nerd. For sure. Yes. And if you don't think that we're not going to bring Joanne onto the onto another goddamn horror podcast, you're out of your mind. Like, so visual effects yeah. artists are one of our favorite people to talk to because we're all like practical effects nerds. So, like, it was kind of funny. We were like one of our first, our first big guest, like, was actually a huge guest. And I think at the time we kind of didn't realize how big of a get it was, and it was Brian Usna. Mm. And we sat like, yeah, Yeah. we sat down and we like started to have a chat with him. And then we just let him talk for two hours. We were just like, you, we're going to fucking school. Like, that's what it was. (laughs) And it was, it was, it was so fucking fun. Cause it was just like hearing all the ins and outs of like society and like stuff like that. And like all the different visual effects stuff that he did. He was just like, he was like, yeah, the sloppier, the look, the better. He's like, if it looks wet and gross, I like it. <laughs> We're just like, oh, we Bless love this guy. guy. It's a fun I show. Can, I can vouch for that because I have been on the podcast version with Jonas. And I think that yeah. conversation went for hours. Yeah. And it was but great. It was fun. Yeah. It, it was, was a great. fantastic conversation to have. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, we need those subscribers. So if you are just tuning in, if you are following on from the Levy Tran episode and just wanted to check us out more, subscribe. The best way to know when an episode drops is to have your subscription on YouTube. It doesn't cost you anything. Nope. It costs you a click of a button. Yeah. yeah it, change, it doesn't even change your day. But you'll be surprised we have amazing guests coming up obviously uh william malone got coming up uh, owner to kel um mike disa uh director of uh dante's inferno dead space downfall mm-hmm. uh also stuff like wacky races currently working on the simpsons at the moment so that is definitely an episode if you're into your animation you're, you're gonna love that and not only that the next time you are going to see these four faces reunite will be on episode 100 which will be the next time we hold our Pottywood quiz for the 100. And you on this occasion... You this one, don't you? <laughs> I, uh, it's it's going to be huge because for the first time ever, we are going to be the team captains partnered up with someone from Hollywood. Ooh. Oh. Okay. So it will be a case of... Uh, I'll kind of have the questions, but Steve is going to handle my questions. And, and then we'll see, can anyone finally dethrone Richard Nourish? 
Sorry. It's not happened yet. And before we go, I just want to say a great big, huge thank you to uh, Joe Parker and Jonas Barnes for joining us here on Pottywood and becoming the third and fourth faces of our little menagerie of presenters. Thank you so very much. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to be bringing to the podcast in the future. Can't wait. Thank you for having us. It's so exciting yeah, to be here. Yes. Looking forward to it. It's going to be great. So, so we've got the JP, the JB, the SH, and the ARC. <laughs> <laughs> so for now, it is a goodbye from me. Uh, I guess I better leave as well. I mean, I guess I'll have to get out of here too. Fine, I'll go. <laughs> and we will see you next time in the next series of Bodywood. Bye! <laughs>